I'm now joined by Ed Rosenberg, head of ETF and funds management at Texas Capital Bank, who back in July, they launched their first ETF. It's the Texas Capital Texas Equity Index ETF. The ticker symbol is TXS. This is currently the only state-specific equity ETF. And uh, Ed is now joining me from Dallas. Ed, great having you back on the podcast. Yeah, thanks for having me on. Okay, so my understanding is this is actually the first fund from Texas Capital, uh, period. And so let's start with a little uh, background here, and then certainly a lot I want to get into on the ETF itself. Uh, Just tell us who Texas Capital is and why the uh, decision to enter the ETF market. Yeah, so Texas Capital is, you know, a full-service firm that delivers customer solutions to businesses, enterprise, and individuals that was founded in 1998. So the bank is about to hit its 25th anniversary coming up. Um, and so the bank's gone through an evolution and launched a lot of different areas in the last few years under the, I would say, new CEO. He's not new now in the last three years, but expanding to become that full-service financial institution headquartered in the state of Texas and giving it the ability to really service clients throughout their entire life cycle, whether it's you know, commercial banking, consumer banking, investment banking, wealth management, et cetera. And so I'm assuming that was a catalyst for getting involved in the ETF space. It was. So the, the well, I'll call it the asset management arm, even though it's ETF and funds management, really, um, is brand new. And it's, it's another service offering for the clients of Texas Capital and beyond, obviously. Okay, so the ETF itself, I think, is uh, pretty straightforward. So it holds about 220 companies headquartered in Texas. And then, as I understand it, the ETF uses uh, sector weightings that correspond to their contribution to Texas's GDP. And then the individual holdings are market cap weighted underneath that. Do I have that correct? And anything else you would add in terms of uh, construction? Yeah, no, uh, you are correct. There's a couple little things. One is there's, I don't believe there's ever been an ETF that's used sector weightings by GDP to show the impact before. Secondly, there are some cutoffs. So if a company has less than 250 million free float, it's excluded from the index. And there's also a tradeability, a liquidity screen. So if it trades less than $3 million in the previous 90 days when the index rebalance hits, it's excluded. There's about 350 companies publicly listed in the state of Texas hmm. today. Okay, so so very simply, I'll ask you, what is the rationale for investing only in Texas? Well, so let's. I'm going to cover Texas first, which will cover the rationale in a sense. But if you think of Texas, one, the GDP of the state is growing faster than the rest of the country. There's a lot of people moving here, not just individuals, though, companies. So it's the number one state for... Fortune 500 companies, number one state for Fortune 1000 companies. There is a tax advantage to living in the state, and quite frankly, for companies moving in the state. There's no income tax on individuals, so I don't pay any. And there's no income tax on companies either. So companies are seeing that as an advantage. In addition, think of all the schools, right? Um, Red River Rivalry just passed, and when you look at that, that's one of the schools, the top tier schools in the state. There's a ton of them. And when people who, you know, graduate, want to live somewhere, they can look at, for example, New York or San Francisco or L.A., there's much more expensive cost of living 
they'd rather stay in the state and work where it's sunny most of the time. I know it can get a little hot, but there's a cheaper workforce and companies won't have to pay them as much. And so not only is the state growing, people are moving here at record paces. You know, Dallas-Fort Worth is one of the fastest growing cities in the nation. And then you even go beyond that to the tax advantages that people have for companies and themselves. It's, it, it makes a lot of sense that companies want to take advantage of that. And it adds to their bottom line and lets them grow. I mean, even think of this. You know, something I learned when I was working on the product is Texas is the number one exporting state in the union. I didn't know that, but it's got the most exports out compared to the rest of the country. Did did I see with uh, Texas's GDP that it would be the ninth largest country in the world? Do do I have that right? You do. And I think I'm going to say this, though. I think when the numbers come out, it might be eighth. It might have passed Italy. Pretty remarkable. Yeah. And the only state in the union that's larger today is California. And that one's been shrinking because companies and other things keep leaving the state. Okay, so let me ask you this. From a portfolio allocation standpoint, you know, I always like to try and think about any ETF from the perspective of an investor. And so do you view this ETF as a core holding or is it a thematic holding? Because I would think that any investor who owns, uh, say, you know, broad indexes in their portfolio. So the S&P 500, Russell 2000, et cetera. They already own most of these companies, right? And so is this to further um, concentrate on Texas corporations? Correct. They probably do. And they're interspersed with a lot of other corporations. So the way I design product, Nate, is specifically focused on companies that an investment thesis that you could put into your portfolio, either way you wanted to, short term or long term. So the way this lines up, depending on what metric you use and how you define it, it shows up as a large mid-cap blend or a small large-cap blend. So if you compare it to a large-cap blend category, for example, you'll see that one of the ways you could use it is you could take out, I'll make this up, some S&P 500 and put this in. Now, here's some of the rationale behind that. One is it has... You know, if you look at the um, growth rate, the historical earnings growth rate of the underlying companies, it's almost double what a typical large cap category would be. And then the dividend yield is it's an estimated two and a half because we just hit our first one over a year. When you look at the typical large cap category, it's a little below two. I would say it's about one eight typically today. So you have some advantages. And then if you look, so we consider it mid-cap. We line it up against the Russell mid-cap index. That's just a broad-based index. Since we've launched, it hasn't been that long, but the performance difference is already about 300 basis points. So there could be some advantages, and that's in this rocky mark. What I would say is take a little bit of large-cap, potentially a little bit of mid-cap line, and hold this for a long time. Let me ask you this in terms of uh, demand for this ETF. I guess I could make the case that the biggest audience might be Texas pensions and endowments and other state-specific institutional investors and advisors who are perhaps more uh, patriotic towards the state. Um, do, do you agree with that? Or I guess you tell us, I mean, what have you seen in terms of interest thus far? Who, who is the audience for this ETF? 
So I would tell you the audience seems to be, you know, starting off. I think it's obvious, right? It's people who live in Texas who are gravitating towards it initially. I mean, the assets have grown in the first few months about 60% since we launched. So it's moving every week and slowly getting bigger in a downward market. But over time, where I think you'll see the application further is not just going to be that, but you could be right on the pensions, endowments, all of those things could make sense. But in addition, people are seeing the value. I mean, I've traveled through New York the past few weeks, California before that, talked to a lot of different advisors who are extremely interested in the growth potential of this and putting it in their portfolio. So I think we think of Texas as, hey, it's only people in Texas. And you know this, Nate, let's be real. Is there any other state where you hear about Texas pride or pride in their state, I should say? That's Texas. <laughs> but like Texas, you know, everything, you hear the phrases, everything's bigger in Texas or, you know, there's a ton of Texas pride. But you go beyond the state and talk about the investment thesis. There's a lot of interested people out there who are looking at the product, who've started adding it to their portfolio and are really considering this as a long-term hold. So I think the application is going to go well beyond just the state and, quite frankly, well beyond, you know, something like the employee retirement system or a teacher's retirement system or some other place. Okay, so to your last point, um, I, I think you know I always try to play a little devil's advocate on this podcast, for better or worse. So as I'm sure you're aware, uh, there were a handful of other state-specific ETFs that launched way back in the day. There was actually another Texas ETF. There was yep. an Oklahoma ETF. There was also a, a city-specific ETF in Nashville, and unfortunately, none of those made it. And so yeah. do, do you think those were simply too early? Because especially with those Texas and Oklahoma ETFs, those launched what, in 2009? So clearly yeah. very early in the overall ETF life cycle. Do you think that was the, the main factor there? And, and I guess just how do you find success? So let's talk about the older ones first, specifically Texas and Oklahoma. Um, they were filed for in 08. I believe there were some issues getting them out the door. Um, they were expensive. I think they were 85 basis points. And in addition to that, um, they were just market cap weighted. So they were mostly oil plays on both of them. You know, I remember when they launched, I've been in the ETF space oof, getting closer to 19 years. And I know saying that makes me sound old, but. Hmm. Um, and then Nashville, I never understood the city specific, right? That one didn't make sense to me. But when I went through and analyzed building this product, the difference is between this one and all of those is, one, it's cheaper. It's the first thing. Two, across the board, it actually has an investment thesis. So I'm going to pick on a company like Exxon for you. They're headquartered in Texas. Do they really impact the Texas economy? I mean, I know they do some drilling in the state. And their headquarters is there. But beyond that, they're a multinational corporation. So a lot of their earnings, probably a huge percentage of it, let's call it 95%, is coming from the rest of the world. If the economy is set up in Texas where it's beneficial for companies to be there and how they impact the economy, that is the real investment story behind it. So think of it this way, Nate. If I market cap weighted, 
Spandex oil would be 45%. It's probably today with market movement, we'll call it 23, 24. That's a big difference. Hmm. And if you look at the state, there's six other sectors above 10%. Texas isn't just oil. It is a very diverse economy, way more so than people think. And even if you look at the index itself and you have your own classifications of what you would consider alternative energy, 10 to 15% of the index is alternative energy. Most people don't even think of that about Texas. And back in 08, when those funds were filed for, I bet there was none. And just a couple of minutes left here. I mean, I, I think you're laying out a, a good case as to why Texas is uh, unique and, and different. You mentioned everything is bigger in Texas. But do you think we could see any other states follow suit, at least the the larger states? Like, could we see a California ETF or uh, a, a New York ETF, Illinois, those sorts of states? I mean, I suppose the answer could be yes. But the hard part with those states is companies aren't moving there. They're moving away from there. Yeah, good point. Right. And think of like, you know, Cisco was always headquartered in California. It's in Texas. Now. Charles Schwab was always headquartered in California. It's moved to Texas. You went to Illinois, Caterpillar. You know, as a former Illinois resident, I actually never thought Caterpillar would leave the state. They moved to Texas. Years and years ago, AT&T left New York and moved to Texas. So when you think about where companies are going, could other states have it? Yes, they could, but what are they doing to attract business? If you look at California, what's the top state tax on people now? 12, 13, 14%. How many people want to pay that? And so, and how many corporations want to continue to pay that? So as those companies continue to move, I think the states that could do it are the ones they're moving to. No, that makes sense. That's the ones that they're leaving. Yeah, no, I think that's a great point. Uh, before I let you go, I saw just last week that Texas Capital filed for two additional ETFs. So there's the Texas Capital Texas Oil Index ETF, ticker symbol OILT, and the uh, Texas Capital Texas Small Cap Equity Index ETF, ticker TXSS. And I know you can't speak to those directly uh, for, for regulatory reasons, but just talk about the future plans here for the ETF business. Will you stay state specific? Will you ultimately broaden out? What, what, what can you tell us? So uh, the way I would describe it, Nate, is we want to answer what our clients are looking for. Um, if you look at the growth of TXS, right, it, it's, it's not a huge fund, but we're talking 60% growth so far in the last three. Eh, we've almost been alive three months with the fund. So that's good growth. So there's demand. Um, and then as we continue to grow, we'll get broader you know, less state specific over time, but we want to make sure that what we're doing is delivering products that answer what our clients are looking for. And we do hear from a lot of them saying, hey, I want this or I'm looking for that. And we're trying to answer those calls because that's what our clients want. And then as we continue to grow, we'll go beyond those things and start seeing what other demands are out there from different advisors, different institutions across the board. Well, Ed, congrats on the launch of uh, TXS. Certainly wish you the best of luck with that and, and everything you're building out with the Texas Capital ETF business. Thank you for joining me. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. That was Ed Rosenberg, head of ETF and funds management at Texas Capital Bank.